0: Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and or completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life in a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are. Think, laugh, and cry along with us, Whether you're in your car, in the kitchen, chasing your kids, running your business, caregiving for someone that you love, getting a mani-pedi while you're in the hospital, a treatment center, sitting on the deck, on the dock, or out for a run. These weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart, fill up your cup, and recharge your spirits. Joining me today is a lifelong friend of mine who I admire so much. She and I are very similar in so many ways, and I feel so honored to have her sitting across the table. From me, it is Catherine, now Darling. Catherine Darling was Catherine Brubay, will always be Brubay to me. Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. Hi, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, world.
1: (laughs) Hello, world.
0: (laughs) So thank you so much for joining me today. This is great. You ready? Yeah. Feeling good. I know. Catherine's a little bit nervous, but this is really great. And I think where we're going to start is... When I reached out, obviously, so we all know now having been avid podcast listeners for the Safe Haven podcast, that when I started writing out this list of people and humans that I just so highly admire and have really impacted my life, obviously you were very quickly added to that list and I love you. (laughs) I've always loved and valued our conversations and, uh, but, you know, when I reached out to you and I had a few ideas as to what you could talk about and, you know, you're a mom, you're a wife, you know, you've lost a parent, you are a teacher, you've got so many cool things on the go, you've had wicked life experiences. And so I kind of threw it at you just saying, you know, I'd love for you to be a guest. What do you want to share? And it seems like that really started to
1: get your mind rolling. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so it's interesting because you were kind of listening off topics like... Hey Brubes, you could do A B C D, and one of those topics was talking about the loss of my mom. And in my head, I was like, "Yeah, that makes complete sense. That's a um, it's a heavy topic. It's an it's a really great topic. It's a topic that uh, other people will unfortunately maybe have the same experiences with." And so I was like, "Yep, yeah, that makes a lot of sense." Okay, and so I started to think about what a podcast would look like talking about my my mom and the loss of my mom and I like quickly realized that it made it like it made me really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um which was interesting because you know that I am like I'm a really emotional person and I don't mind being emotional in front of people like I wear my heart on my sleeve Mm -hmm. and so I thought it makes sense I'm so open I was like absolutely I could totally talk about my mom and and be sad in a podcast talking about my mom but I just like I kind of kept thinking and it wasn't like sitting right with me I was like why is this idea making me uncomfortable because everything about it seems like something that I would have no problem doing and I think what I now that I've had like a couple weeks to like think about it I was reflecting and it kind of it made me start thinking about my mom on a regular basis and which is something I I don't do and I think i realized like that's a coping mechanism for Mm -hmm, me is mm -hmm. like I suppress I, if I start to get sad thinking about my mom I just like don't go there I just distract or avoid or whatever and so it was really interesting because you brought up this topic and suddenly like my mom was on my mind non-stop and I started thinking about like what would I say about my mom or what is my story and and then I was like oh my gosh do I have to like represent every person ever who's lost their mom and I was like ah that's like a lot of pressure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um and you know um, and so I was sitting with a couple of girlfriends last weekend, telling them this kind of process, and I couldn't figure out like why it wasn't sitting with me right. And I said to my girlfriends, "I was like, I think what happened when Amanda like suggested this topic was that I realized that I need some like <laughs> therapy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some like real therapy to like help me process like the loss of my mom." Mm-hmm. And my girlfriends were like, "Hey, that's like interesting in and of itself," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, it is so." when you simply presented a topic idea, it ended up over the last couple of weeks being this like huge revelation for me. Like, wow, I've got some stuff to dig up mm-hmm. uh, that I need to look at. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but then, and then of course I had like a knee jerk reaction and I said, Amanda, no, like I, holy, like, wow, I've realized I'm not ready for that. And I would rather do like, like a lighter side of myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you, cause it's,
0: you have such a great sense of humor and you love to laugh. So I I wasn't surprised by that. I wasn't surprised by the fact that you kind of defaulted to like, let's do lighthearted and funny. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: So I like had that knee jerk reaction and then, um, but then again, my girlfriend said like, but it's so interesting that you, you realized all that stuff about your mom. And so Amanda now understands we've kind of come to a happy medium where I would love to talk about some really transformative experiences in my life and how, losing my mom does like tie into those big moments mm-hmm.
0: um and for the listeners you lost your mom in 2010 to ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease can you just elaborate a little bit on what that is
1: um just a little bit um essentially like the the muscles in the brain are no longer talking and uh, muscles stop working and over time will like break down and they don't mm-hmm. do their function yeah. um So, yeah, in in a nutshell, you you just watch someone kind of disintegrate in a sense, so obviously not an easy process to watch. No. Um, I often wonder in my head, like, what's harder, like watching someone you love slowly die over a period of time, or like having someone like, just unexpectedly? Die, like die and you just wake up one day and they're no more there. And I'm always just trying to think like, oh, what? Ooh, what? Mm, I don't even know. They're both really awful, obviously. But um, Yeah, I got the long kind of drawn out process. And when I say long, it didn't feel nearly long enough, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard, any disease, any watching anyone die from anything is it's a really hard thing to do, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at that time, too, you were going through a pretty massive breakup. So that's not an easy thing to pair with watching a parent die. No, and, like, part of that breakup had to do with the fact that my mom was dying. And we were living out west, my partner at the time and I. And, you know, my sisters called me and they were like, Kath, like, it's time to come home. like, mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right. Uh, and, and so it was time for me to do that. And my partner just didn't feel like that was something that he was ready or able to do for whatever, a lot of reasons. Um, so, and that was like, that was awful for me because I chose to go at West, even though my mom was sick and my mom was so great. She was just like, uh, like, you gotta go live your life. Like, go do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right. And the person that I was with at the time, like he was going to be my new family, right? Like, mm-hmm. So it felt like, it felt right. Like, I was like, okay, I'm missing out on a little bit of time with my mom, but, like, this person that I'm with is my is my family in the future, is my next chapter. And so, yeah, when that all didn't work out, that was, like, a pretty hard pill to swallow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Anyways. No. And then
0: moving onwards even from that, you know, something that had really helped keep you keep you going, keep you strong, keep you motivated through even, you know, the seven years prior to your mom passing was rangers. Cause you had supported yourself with some incredible support systems.
1: Yeah. So this is like whew, the lighter, yeah. <laughs> the lighter side. Yeah. Well, this helped pull you through too. Yeah. Right? Um, so I was an Ontario ranger and it was this program run by the ministry of natural resources. It no longer exists, unfortunately. Um, I started when I was 17 and It was cool because it was a job and anyone could get this job. It didn't matter what your economic or social background was. It's just like you put your name in a hat and the ministry would hire women to go. But then it was kind of like camp because you went up, you got sent to some camp far away from home. And uh, yeah, I was at an all girls camp. They had all boys camps as well. Mm -hmm. And for me at 17, that was like my first time away. And it was my first time canoe tripping. And suddenly I, oh my gosh, I was just in a situation where I was 17. So like, you know, you're in high school, you're trying to figure out your high school teenage self. Um, But I was like removed from all that. Um, We were just surrounded by these girls who were from different backgrounds and we were so excited to be there and so excited to be like getting to know each other. And for me, what I loved was I was just, you start to learn about like, oh, what does it mean to be a woman when you don't have all those societal norms and expectations and Mm -hmm. pressures, and Mm -hmm. you just get to be with a bunch of really cool girls, you know, young women who are feeling the same way and learning about that at the same time. Um, In the wilderness. In the wilderness. Yeah. I was way up in uh, Sioux Lookout. So far, so far. And then we'd go on these trips that were way north of that. Like, it was amazing. And so um, the lifelong friendships that came out of that summer, the girl I just ended up like sharing a a bed, the little room space with, her name is Nicola, and she is one of my dearest lifelong friends to this day. And, and so I got out there and I was, I've always been very athletic, very strong. And (laughs) We were on our first canoe trip and we had Grumman's, which is like the aluminum canoes. Yep. And we'd learn how to pick them up and how to carry them in tandem. and um, But we'd also learn like how to solo them. And we were on a portage, maybe, you know, one of the first portages of my life. And I had kind of a humbling experience where like <laughs> my roommate, Nicola, just like, lifts up this canoe all by herself and solos it across the portage and I had like I hadn't been able to like I hadn't been strong enough and I was just like it was humbling but it was also like so inspiring to just Mm -hmm. see just this like I was like wow she's so strong it's so capable and that was like the start of like a I didn't know it at the time but a theme for me just like women strength the wilderness this this ability to get away um and be wild essentially right Mm -hmm. um and so what happened is i was really fortunate i got to become a staff within the ontario ranger program for the next six years Mm -hmm. and just incredible transformative because i then worked with these women similar women over for the next many summers right Mm -hmm. Um, And I, like, I had mentors and I had role models and I became a mentor and a role model and every year we'd have this camp of 17-year-old girls come in and they just would look up to us um, and just what we could do and we were there to, like, support them through this, like, amazing journey of strength and independence and learning how to be strong in nature and how to like, (laughs) and the cohesion of you guys as a staff that they would see would just be so inspiring. Absolutely. And so, um, those, those women that I worked alongside, um, were just key to like (laughs) my, Oh my gosh. We just knew when we were in university, we just knew that if we'd had an awful breakup or if we were going through something that Rangers was it was waiting for us on the other side (laughs) and we'd all come together and we'd just unload like everything we'd been through our stories, our craziness, and that we would like hug each other and cry together and have saunas together and like run around just naked together and just be, just be so pure and true to like our ourselves. Right. Just this amazing support network that came out of those many summers together. And so that, it was interesting because like, this is where it ties back into my mom. My last summer as a staff at Rangers, my mom was sick and I, they were amazing. Like, you know, they were just, they were my family helping me get through that time. And, and I knew that maybe uh, Rangers was a chapter that was ending, coming to an end in my life. Um, But those women, like I'm, they're still my lifelong friends today. they, One of the first people I called after my mom passed away was my friend Bryn, who'd been my ranger sidekick for years and years Mm -hmm. and years, right? Mm -hmm. So just those people who, even though they were far away, they just knew everything about you, they knew everything you were going through, was amazing. Um, So yeah. Yeah, that's, to have a support network like that that you always have in your back pocket.
0: Well then essentially, so you didn't go back to rangers the year after your mom had passed but then you started into another fabulous support network that also kept you you know in the wilderness and you moved onwards to a program called
1: DARE. Um, So Wendigo Lake Project DARE was this really intriguing job that I kind of felt, felt ready to move on from rangers. Uh, My mom had just passed away and I needed something new to shake it up, but not like too new and not too far away. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to be canoe tripping. I was only going to be about two and a half hours away from my family so I Mm -hmm. could come back on a dime. Um, And it was funny, like my, my, my sister and my dad, like I kind of described to them where I was going. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work at this place where I work with male teenage youth at risk. And we're going to go on canoe trips and, I'm gonna live at the dorm with them, and my dad and my sister were just like, What like what I don't do don't, what are, don't do that job like mm-hmm. that just sounds really hard and like what what are you doing, Kath? And I was just like I was drawn to it because through Rangers, I had met a couple people, like male and female, who that was kind of their next step from Rangers, too was to go to this really cool program Wendigo go Lake project dare, and so i was I was like, no these people that I really look up to, like that was a next step for them. And it really intrigues me. So I want to go there too. So I roll in to Wendigo Lake, Project Dare. And it was, it was intense. It was one of the biggest like learning curves I've ever had in my life, adjusting to a clientele that was very new to me. Like I'd gone from 17 year old girls who were just phenomenal in a, in a really tight knit supportive community to now working with, Male teenage youth at risk. Some of them in open custody, who were not a strong knit community, came from broken homes, uh, have had very just challenging lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working with a brand new clientele that I don't have any experience with. Um, and so you know that was what was interesting about that job was I got hired not necessarily for my soft skills, but for my my hard skills, my canoe tripping experience through Rangers. Um, and so it's great. I got to learn a lot about uh, yeah, supporting people with a lot of, like, mental health issues, and just, yeah.
0: When you think of your teacher training, you know, going through university to become a teacher, did a lot of your experiences with Rangers and Project DARE help round kind of your, your, I guess, or help push you
1: towards teaching, or was that connected, or how did that work? A really funny question because my mom was a teacher my oldest sister is a teacher my dad even dabbled in teaching and my entire life I said oh my god I will never be a teacher I (laughs) I will will never ever do that um and so it's a funny question because I'd been at Project Dare for about a year and I started to say wow this job is amazing it's incredible but it is not a long-term job like Mm -hmm. I cannot sustain this Mm -hmm. um And so I started looking around and thinking, okay, like, what is, what am I going to do next? And teaching, like, I don't know, like, it just snuck into the back of my mind. And I started, like, reflecting on every single job that I've done since I was 17 Mm -hmm. has been working with teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just keep doing it over and over again. In in a training, (laughs) in a mentorship role. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I was like, well, it kind of makes sense that maybe that's (laughs) the next step. (laughs) yeah so that's how that came about yeah
0: and that kind of you know with rangers and then with dare you're still surrounded by that cohesive supportive
1: crew of people yeah so like I walked into dare and now I was working alongside men and women and all phenomenal people all with coming from different backgrounds with different strengths But again, like I met some of, some of these women were just so incredible to me and their abilities, their abilities to work with these youth and their skills at canoe tripping. Um, and for me to like realize that, Hey, like I'm that person too now, right? Like I'm representing something for these youth, which is, um, I'm representing being a female in the wilderness. That's strong mentally, that's strong physically. And for some of those those guys those youth um it's really eye opening for them because some of them might come from homes where they have no respect for for female authority or figures um and for some of them who do like really love and respect their moms um it just like further's that respect for like women in general right mm-hmm. to see myself and my coworkers out there um like I'll I'll give you a really great example when we started the program we had a new crew start a new group of youth and we did all our training we did all the prep work and we finally went out for our first canoe trip and remember we're talking like these are not kids who have spent their summers swimming and maybe camping and going on canoe trips Mm -hmm. um these are kids who like suddenly we've taken them out of the urban jungle (laughs) we put them in the wilderness the the facility that they stayed at it wasn't fenced in because the wilderness was the fence like if you walked off that property you weren't going anywhere except into the forest to get super lost right so Mm -hmm. that was what kept them there so we've taken these kids we've removed them from everything they know right and we've given them their like basic the training that they need And so we're out there, we're on our first canoe trip together. And, and again, remember, like these are, these are young, young adults. They're maybe not totally physically developed yet. They haven't totally come into their fully developed bodies. And we're asking them to carry, again, these grummins, these aluminum canoes. (laughs) And again, so we're talking about kids who spent their life, like they don't, they don't do what people tell them to do. Mm -hmm. But this was the beauty of the program because suddenly we are in the middle of nowhere. We're on a canoe trip and we're saying to these guys, listen, if we don't carry all this stuff across the portage, then we're sleeping here on this spot. And that was like the whole, like learning about that program was like consequence, like action, consequence, and nothing like proves that better than being in nature. Mm -hmm. Okay, so guys, like, we're in a world where we're trying to teach you that like you are capable and that you're going to make choices. And depending on the choices that you make, the consequences are going to be immediate and obvious. So if you guys want to like riot and not portage, all this stuff across the portage, that's fine. But that means that this is where we're sleeping tonight. And it's going to suck because there's no nice flat tent spots for our tents. Um, and Hey guys, like if you don't pull your weight and help send up the tarps, you're going to get rained on. You're going to be sleeping in the rain. So it's like just an amazing program in that sense. And so we're out on this first portage and kids are freaking out. They're melting down. They're yelling. They're screaming because there are bugs where they're being asked to do something that's physically strenuous. Um, right. And even though you tell someone like, okay, so here you've practiced carrying a canoe for like maybe hundred meters, but suddenly like the expectation is that we need to go 300 meters. And it's, it's real this time. Like the next lake is over there. And <laughs> I already, so I had taken a huge pack and a canoe across by myself. And this kid, he just like, he just looks at the canoe and he's just like, nope, like I'm not doing it. And I was just like, okay, I will. Even though I've done a canoe and a pack and I pick it up throw it on my shoulders and the Grumman it's like it's like a 70 pound canoe right uh and I'm like see ya and I just keep going and (laughs) that kid Josh he just (laughs) oh my god he was just you could just see the wheels turning in his head and then finally I heard him just say like damn it and he goes and picks up a pack and he starts trudging along behind me and we get to the other side and he's still pissed and he throws down his pack and he's like god like if you could do it then I can do it, right? Oh, just like, yes! Right? <laughs> um, so just this, like, really obvious example of, like, uh-huh. what they're learning, what I'm learning, like, what I'm role-modeling for them. Um, and it was just, like, that experience in itself was amazing. And, oh, those were intense trips. Those were really intense times. Like, it was not an easy job. But I, at the end of the day, like, those kids were so fortunate because even if they go home back to... I don't know, whatever lives, it's hard to form new behaviors and new patterns when when you go back to an environment. That's Mm -hmm. the same, right? I just, I feel so thankful for them in that program because at some point, like, we know that we taught them that, like, you're capable and you can do things and you have control over your choices and, like, um, just that sense of confidence. Like, by the end of the summer, that same kid, Josh, and all the other kids, like, they were strong. They got strong physically and mentally and could, they gained skills, like tents up, tarps up, I'm cooking dinner, I portage, like, we're not talking 300 meters now, we're talking, like, kids are like, I sold a canoe a kilometer, and, like, just those amazing, rewarding, tangible experiences that I got to be part of with those guys. Yeah, the project dare, so that was a whole summer with these kids? Oh, No, well, yes and no. It was a residential program, so they came into the program and had to graduate all the levels, so they were there usually no more than a year, Mm -hmm. depending on how fast they progressed. Mm -hmm. So some of them were there for up to a year, maybe a little bit more, and I was just a staff, so I was just there constantly, but I worked with those boys from start to finish, their entire process, and we tripped all year round. We did fall hiking trips, we did winter camping trips, into spring, into summer canoe tripping, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, those guys really got, they got a taste in nature for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, like uh, winter camping minus 25, that, that that is an experience you don't forget. Yeah, right? any,
0: any specific winter camping experiences that really
1: stand <laughs> out? Because I'm sure there's a few. <laughs> um, well, for myself personally, I was like, wow, I hate winter camping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, like yes and no. Winter is is, is much more real, it's much more scary that you, mm-hmm. you can't make mistakes, you have to get to your site on time, you have to be hydrated because if something starts to go downhill, it's going downhill really fast, right? Especially when we're in those like minus 25 conditions. Um, and for me personally, there's just really eye-opening like the level of responsibility that I had on my shoulders and taking care of these guys, right? Like building them up, but essentially being responsible for their well-being and their care. Um, But you just kind of triggered a different thought, um, which kind of just ties into this idea of like women in the wilderness and the canoe tripping. Um, So that same crew that I mentioned with the kid Josh, later in the summer, we were out on a canoe trip and my coworker, Kim, one of these phenomenal powerhouse women just like doesn't take crap from anyone Mm -hmm. the kids like hated her but like deeply loved her because they just like because she would just push them and push them to their like breaking point but then she'd be there for them to like help them through it and they'd come out the other side like she's a social worker now like just a phenomenal person so like the, the just the caliber of women that i got to work alongside yep. too and learn from so yep. i'm out on a trip with her and she's phenomenal she's convinced this crew of guys guys we're gonna take a different route like yeah there's we can go this way but we're gonna go this way where you guys are gonna do a 2.5k portage and the kids are like they're like no except they don't say it like that yeah <laughs> i'm sure there's some colorful language <laughs> very colorful language <laughs> um so she works her magic convinces them that we're gonna do this ridiculous portage i'm out for whatever don't care and we're on this portage and then not only that so she's convinced them that they have to do 2.5k but we're in the middle of this portage and she says okay i didn't tell you guys but we're gonna take an extra detour like more more walking more hiking and we're gonna go there's a waterfall that i know we're gonna go there i'm gonna check it out and the kids are just like, again, more colorful language. <laughs> and she's like, I promise it will be worth it. So we get there, we get to this like beautiful location and the guys are like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And oh my gosh, what happens? But this other camp of girls, Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> like cute little teenage girls in their like bikinis Show up also at the waterfall at the exact same moment. Okay. And so Kim and I are just looking at each other, trying not to like laugh out loud. It's just so funny. Oh, so anyways, these girls show up and they get like, they start to mingle. It's kind of like an awkward high school dance, except the setting is like a waterfall. (laughs) It's like priceless to just watch from the outside. And, and again, you know, these are, these are kids who are like, they're awkward. They, they, right, the girls just show up, and they think, like, oh, just some, like, dudes on a canoe trip, they don't know that these guys are, like, again, they're there against their will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got crazy backgrounds, they don't know any of that, so they're intermingling, and I'm overhearing these conversations, and, like, our guys, like, like, they, like, like the canoe trips, but, like, outwardly despise the canoe mm-hmm. tripping, because it challenged them, and so they're chatting with the girls, and, you know, they're being, they got their, their chests are puffed and, and they're talking about, yo, yeah, like we're we're on like a 12 day canoe trip. And the girls are like, oh, right on. And and then they're like, well, like how long is your canoe trip? And they're like, oh, we're on a 40 day trip. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The girls (laughs) were. Yeah. (laughs) And the guys are like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Like by choice. And they're like, yeah, like this, it's the best and like whatever. So. They're just, you can just see the wheels turning in their heads just like, wait a minute, these girls are out here by <laughs> choice on a 40 day canoe trip and loving it. Like, okay. And then, you know. Did Kim know that these people. No, that's it, the best part. Literally. literally. Just Holy, such a fluke. Yeah. Such a fluke. And just, and so, and then the girls, finally, it's like wrapping up. The girls are leaving. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, one of the boys, Sean, he's like being all. <clears throat> polite and offers to help one of the girls pick up her canoe and she's like no I got it thanks and she just grabs the canoe and just hucks it on her shoulders like all by herself (sniffs) on her shoulders and she's just like bye and literally his jaw was open like just jaw dropped he's just like oh my god that girl just picked up a canoe all by herself (laughs) and like I just laughed because like we're lugging around the Grumman's the 70 pound canoes they're like you know, they're picking them up together and then soloing them, and it's like a huge. It's so much work, and like he doesn't realize that this girl just like picked up a canoe that's like maybe forty pounds, like maybe right. thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> so like, he doesn't realize <laughs> the difference <laughs> in weight. He just sees this girl like, <laughs> <laughs> literally throw a canoe on her shoulders. And so a goddess, a goddess. A goddess. No, yeah. And so just those moments of like, I'm just like. It, it's just so amazing to me for him, for that that youth to see that, you know, that mm-hmm. young lady just be so confident and capable and powerful in, like, yeah. this wilderness setting. Um, Did it change the rest of their trip? Where they just like, I got this? Totally, <laughs> yeah. totally. The like, <laughs> rest of that portage was, like, no complaining. No. Like, so funny. Um, yeah, so again, just, like, I was so those years were huge for me and just like finding myself and like what I was capable of and seeing those moments and being part of it. Um, yeah, it was really great. Um, and I met Gord at that time. Yes, that's right. So you met Gord within a year of your mom passing. Yeah. So it hadn't even been a year. Um, and I, again, I show up at Wendigo Lake and I meet Gord, and he's just, oh, my God, like, so handsome. He is <laughs> so handsome. <laughs> oh, my God. And I've just had this awful breakup, and I'm, I've am i just hit that point in my life where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be free and, like, just go wherever I want, do whatever I want, meet whoever I want. Um, and then I, like, stumble into Gord, and our mutual friends were like, hey, you should meet my friend Gord. Like, you guys would, like, really get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I meet Gord, and I'm like, oh, oh, hi. <laughs> yes. I mean, hi. How are you doing? Uh, hey. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And then, like, oh, my gosh, we just really fell for each other incredibly fast. And, you know, those things are always, like, it was an intense job, like, just these heightened experiences. Um, and as I was, like, falling for Gord, I was just like, no, not, not right, not right now. I'm not supposed to meet, like, my potential forever guy right now I was just like "Ah, the timing is all wrong (laughs) but I had to like stop myself and just say like wow this guy's for real there could be something really really amazing here and I I just kind of had to like just decide to be like respectful and mature about the whole thing like I've met someone who seems incredible solid um amazing And I can't just mess around and be stupid about this and be a flake and, you know. um, Mm -hmm. And so, but it was interesting because I met Gord. He'd like just recently lost my mom. um, So like carrying around that really fresh, Mm -hmm. fresh reality, that fresh weight, um, not knowing how to process it myself or with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, In what ways did he support you best? Gord's just, like, a really, um, strong, I don't even, like, what am I trying to say? He's just a really level-headed kind of person. Um, doesn't, doesn't get, I don't know, too worked up about things. Um, so, like, I could just be this huge disaster, emotional mess, and Gord, it wouldn't, he wouldn't even bat an eye Mm -hmm. like, me being a huge disaster. that's so logical. Yeah. Just yeah. just like, oh hey, this girl needs to like be like this and I'm just gonna be in that space with her and hang out with her and it is what it is. It's all good. And like that was amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um and and again like he was really supportive just in that just at being in my new job. It was intense and mm-hmm. he he had been there for a year, he was like respected. The the boys, the youth really respected and admired Gord because he was such a consistent just consistency. You always knew that what Gord said, he would follow through on. That when Gord showed up for a shift, things were going to go well because he would follow the rules and was respectful and right? Like and so he just taught me a lot about how to be that consistent support for those for those for those boys when I'm such an emotional person, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm always very reactive and yeah just what what like my appropriate role was for those kids in that job um but it was interesting because like i'm still with Gord. we're married we have kids um but like he's a chapter of my life he doesn't even know my mom like never met her mm-hmm. um it's, it's just weird is weird the right word it's not <laughs> I don't know, I'm spending my life with someone who didn't know my mom, and that is just an interesting thing to sit with and, like, live with. Yeah. If, like, I don't know how to explain that. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's kind of ties into the fact, like, this whole chapter of my life that my mom misses. She doesn't, she never got to meet my husband. Yeah. I've had kids. She doesn't even know that I had even thoughts of being a teacher. Like, just all those layers that... As you travel through life, and you're just like, wow, I wish my mom could share this with me, right? Yeah, definitely. And see the life that you have created these two beautiful little babies. Yeah, it was it was oh, it was the hardest when I started having kids because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is when you're supposed to like be able to call your mom at like 3 a.m. in the morning and be like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gord's mom, my mother-in-law is amazing, so she is that person I can do that with her, which is just so helpful mm-hmm. um, really filled that void for me mm-hmm. which was awesome um <clears throat>
0: yeah do you have any connections even locally that would be your kind of go-to's that if you're having a bit of a rough patch you can just be like hey hey i need your help i need to hang out
1: other than you huh? <laughs> yeah Um, there's like a pretty consistent supportive mom
0: crew around here isn't
1: there? oh yeah I'm so fortunate I have so many people Amanda that I could turn to on a dime Uh, even like my best my my besties from high school Um, when I actually that winter after my mom passed away and I was just living in my dad's basement just working two jobs I worked at the Kinnark Kinnark Outdoor Centre didn't know it at the time but made a bunch of lifelong friends there um, that are now my co-workers as teachers, that are now in my, like, toddler playdate groups, Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of- and interesting because those people I was working at at KinArk with, those were the people who who had to cover my shifts when I was at the hospital with my mom, who I had to call and say, like, "Uh, ah, this is- this is happening, like, I'm- not only will I not be in for my shift tomorrow, but, like, I don't know when I'm coming back, um, so it's just I had no idea at the time that those Kinnart connections would still be in my life today and it's, it's nice because like I don't need to talk to those people about that time but I, we just have that connection that we experience that together
0: mm-hmm.
1: it just makes it a deeper friendship on a level that yeah you don't really need to talk about it it's just something you shared a really yeah personal thing you shared together so that was awesome and yeah. it's awesome that they're still around, that those those peeps love this community and stayed here and made yeah. it work. So I
0: love to just, even in this community, how many people have spent time away and then have chosen to come
1: back. Oh, absolutely. It
0: makes you appreciate Halliburton County in a different way, having been away and chosen to come back. Because I think, I know that myself, I don't think that I would hold the same appreciation for it if I hadn't have left for as long as I did
1: and then chosen to come back. like even the fact that I teach at the high school that we went Went to (laughs) (laughs) oh my god if you told my high school self that I would have oh I would have just rolled on the floor laughing at you I would like how could you say something so ludicrous to me like I know because a I'm never gonna be a teacher and I'm obviously would never teach at my old high school Mm, um but that is like the truth of it you just I went away and then I came and then I got into teaching and taught at so many different schools in between two school boards and at the end of the day i finally looked at gordon i was just like how high is a little gem Mm -hmm. and that's where i want to work and if i hadn't been to so many other schools i wouldn't have like realized that maybe Mm -hmm. would have just taken it for granted Mm -hmm. um yes like you said i it's so great to go away and then it's even better to come back here and appreciate what this community Has to offer just in its natural beauty and the small town connections. Um, Yeah, I love living here. It's awesome.
0: How long were you in South River for?
1: Oh my gosh, like because that holds a special place in your heart too. Yeah, almost five years for Gord. It was longer. Yeah, because Gord owned a house there, and when we left after we had Griffin and we pulled the plug on South River, um, I didn't care about the town. I wasn't gonna miss the town, but we had made an amazing network of friends there and that was what was so hard about leaving and I don't think I would have been able to move somewhere where I didn't already know people like I said you know what yeah I can move back to the Minden Haliburton area because I already have roots there connections and friends there's no way I would have ever agreed to leave South River and go to a brand new town mm-hmm. where I didn't know anybody like that I because I experienced that isolation when I was living at west um my mom was at home, she was dying, I was out there with my partner, we were in an awful place, and I had no friends out there, and it was, like, if I were to talk to somebody in conversation about my time in Revy, I'd be like, yeah, Revy was amazing, like, the snowboarding was phenomenal, but, like, I would tell you, or I would tell my husband, like, Rebel Stoke was one of the worst experiences of my life, I was depressed, I was isolated, I was on the opposite side of the country of my friends mm-hmm. and my family, and... It, oh that was a dark time and so and I knew that I had learned the lesson like I could never go anywhere where I didn't have connections already like I that is what saves me The women friendships having people to call and and not just call but like see people to come over and spend time with right mm-hmm. so
0: yeah. yeah if life is chaotic and things are just going
1: buck wild in, in like, life How do you reset? Um, It's so funny. Like, when you ask me that question, I'm like, there's no time. (laughs) 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 I've got two kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay, but when I really think about it, I exercise. Mm -hmm. You know what? It's kind of like a really boring and simple recipe, but it's exercise, sleep, and a healthy diet. Um, Those things keep me solid and steady and in a good Happy place, and then obviously my my women, my women, my strong friendships and connections with my friends from Rangers and Wendigo Lake and high school, and just my life. Um, even if it's a phone call, th- that's what keeps me going and keeps me sane and keeps me in touch with myself and. Mm-hmm. I can totally appreciate that. It, even just... Even thinking of the
0: conversations that you and I have had over the years, over a cup of tea, <laughs> you know, just bawling our eyes out or laughing our guts out, <laughs> our faces hurt, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much medicine in that, and yeah. in, in good
1: conversation and good support. Absolutely, yeah. So that's, like, my, my reset. And, like, <laughs> a good fantasy novel. <laughs> For real? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gordon and I both, like, we just love... Uh, Like sci-fi fantasy series, like, uh, yeah, we definitely clicked and bonded over that too. so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah, I love to flake out, just go to a different world, like reading. It's an escape. A huge escape. Love it. I'm such a bookworm. You maybe wouldn't know it, but definitely... Always, always before bed. I'm just reading. Audiobooks
0: or physical flip the page books.
1: I'm like I like I like the the old school. I'm a
0: page flipper. Yeah, I can enjoy an audiobook if I'm on a road trip or something like that. But give me the pages. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for anyone listening, that's like, yay fantasy novels. What would your favorite <laughs> be?
1: Oh my god. Other than like the, the classics like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, um, Gordon introduced me to uh, an author named Robin Hobb. Um, she's phenomenal. She's got like many, many series. So yeah. Robin huh? <laughs> I think, I hope I got that right.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And then, uh, you've got something lined up pretty, pretty exciting when, you know, if I was to even ask you about self care, I can imagine that, you know, without having your mom for that extra support or, you know, um, even, you know, people are like, Oh, but your teacher, you've got summers off, you know, going from teaching to full-time mom mode, you know you don't have much time for you and I know that on Friday you're going on a very cool adventure so was that
1: an easy decision? Oh there's like so many things I could say about this so I'm going to Calgary to see one of my best friends from university and no it wasn't an easy decision to just book a trip to go to Calgary to see one of my best friends I, I oh, experienced mom guilt like full tilt and it's, it's awful it was an awful experience to go through uh, people think
0: mom guilt is just a funny term it's real I'm not even a mom and I know what mom guilt is all about
1: yeah and like I knew what mom guilt was all about and kind of maybe wouldn't scoff it but kind of say like yeah yeah but you just gotta like be smarter than the mom guilt but oh man it got me Um, it really latched on to like this decision I felt so intensely guilty about wanting to go on a trip Uh, And not even because I, like, felt bad, like, uh, about missing my family. Like, it was more about the money, the amount of resources that were going to go into me just being away for five days. Like, uh, the amount of people that are going to be needed to watch my kids, uh, the time off my husband will take to watch the kids. Um, But there was that little, like, that tiny little logical part of my brain that was just like, you deserve to go and see your friend like you, this is not a crazy thing to want to do and everyone around me my husband my friends even my family were like offering me money or telling offering to watch my kids or saying just like you got to go do this like you need this self-care you need this time away and it was all me it was all in my head saying like no it's just too much it's i'm asking too much mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i'm really glad i worked through it because now i'm like <laughs> i'm so excited and i'm I'm so happy I'm going. And like, interestingly enough, the reason I'm going is because my friend Kelsey lost her mom in the fall to cancer. And like, when that was all going down, I just knew, I was like, wow, uh, I gotta go, I gotta go see her. Like, cause when your mom dies, it's, you just need people. Um, you just need those really deep connections to be with you, whether it's <clears throat> during or after. And so, Yeah, I'm going out there to just spend that time with her um, and, you know, see how she's doing, Mm -hmm. connect, like, just maybe have those conversations that I don't get to have with people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because we just have now that to relate to. She's funny. She's always, like, when I talk to her on the phone, she's really upset. She's just like, I don't want to be part of your club. And I was like, what club? She's like, the, like, don't have my mom anymore club. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's, it's not a cool club, right? Like, Mm -hmm so <clears throat> she's not uh at the not she's not <laughs> mm-hmm. but she wants to be so yeah. yeah so it'll be good to go and connect with someone who's just uh experienced that mm-hmm. same amount of just sadness and devastation and it'll be interesting because we'll be at very different uh processing parts stages, I, yeah. stages thank you of the of the process yeah <laughs> that makes sense um but yeah i'm excited for me to get away and go you and, should be and i'm excited to go and see her hey uh, just because she's like my best friend oh my god we're gonna have so much fun <laughs> yeah you know what this is you know on so many of these episodes
0: we've been talking about the importance of self-care and being your best self and how these types of adventures or resets help you be the best you, therefore helps you be the best wife, the best mom, the best teacher. Right? And you have to, like some people are going to be like, Oh, that sounds selfish. How how can you leave your family for five days? Uh, bye. (laughs) Don't listen to that because if you keep prolonging this adventure, it's, you know, every single day, week, month, year that passes. No, do it for you. Oh man, you have, you obviously know you have all my support in an adventure like this because I know how important it is to just prioritize yourself enough to have that time to reset so that you can be the best everything. You can bring your best self into every endeavor.
1: I'll never forget. My husband said to me like many years ago, he was just like, the most selfless act is a selfish act. And I was just like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, I gotta like wrap my head around that. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting, and it's it really is something you have to think about and keep in the forefront of your mind as a mom, mm-hmm. because all I don't, all, I just feel like I'm giving, giving, giving all the time, um, and obviously I'm like getting in return the joy of like raising two kids. But it's funny. I even said to my husband the other day, I was just really down and out, and I was just like, if I wake up in 18 years and all I have to show for it are like two wonderful humans. I'm going to be really, really upset because there's, I need to do stuff for me too. I got to find more time for my own creative, my creativity, my outlet, my artwork. Um, and I just try to remind myself like it's going to happen. My kids aren't always going to be in diapers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> need to be fed. I need to be dressed all of those layers. Um, so we'll get there, but it is a really, it's, It's such an obvious thing that exists that I know I need to do, but it's like, I just find it almost impossible to put into, into actions, which is, yeah. So it's just like this constant, uh, conflict or battle trying to find that balance, right? Like you, you talk about balance all the time on your podcasts as a human finding balance and it's it's work (laughs) it is work it is work but it's necessary work totally necessary yeah uh and when the balance is there it's it's great Mm -hmm. and that's when things are well that's when it's a well-oiled machine right Mm -hmm. and everyone's getting their needs met and happy and
0: (sighs) well think about when you even tie it back to something that our school board is all about you know the feed all four body mind spirit and emotion And that's not just for the kids. It's as much for the staff as it is for the kids. And you could tie that into every element of your life. You know, if you're able to feed your body, your mind, your spirit, and emotion in the best, most positive, constructive ways possible, you are bringing your best self forward. Yeah, there's... Gosh, I could go on about that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so yes, Calgary, go. Have a great time. And I think that if people were to place... um, any sort of negative judgment on you going, number one, you can give them one of these. (laughs) I'm sure that the podcast listeners can understand what that looked like. And, but also I think it's a, from a place of fear for them or unknowing, or maybe not being able to mentally or emotionally put themselves in that place. So I totally commend you. I admire that you're, you're doing this, that it's committed because you've been talking about this for a long time.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> you know what? I envy the moms who have like no problem just be like, just being like, "I'm out. See ya." Um, and like, I know how important it is and how good it is. Jesus, what was that? A door closed. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bit windy outside. Yeah, so I envy those moms <laughs> who are just like able. They just know how important it is, and they just act on it. Yeah. And it's so important too because it's like I think I have kind of. As I'm learning about being a mom, it's like you lose yourself in the mom role. And then I find that I like to like can sort of feel like I still have my sense of self. Mm-hmm. I start to like control that. I don't want to give up control of the mom role, even though the mom role is like too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so the Calgary thing is a great reminder of like, it's going to be great for my husband to have to like go through all of the motions on his own for a couple of days. That's great. It's great for him to have all the time with the kids and to be reminded of what uh you know what your partner's doing on a daily basis. Just those, just that unpaid work. Those uh, the uh, the invisible jobs that are yes. taking place all the time, right? It's mm-hmm. just it's just a good reminder for everyone in the in the family unit to sh- to take on those different roles and share that and and extend gratitude and show appreciation. Hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. So I'm, yeah. So I'm just really looking forward to that aspect of it too. Yeah.
0: Yay.
1: Last question. Oh, okay. Where, what, and who is home? Uh, where is the house we're in right now? My home, my new home. In- so this feels like home. This feels like home. Love it. Yeah, our tiny little house in Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, oh my gosh, Gord, Griffin, and Phoenix, my adorable little family, but also uh, my dad and my two sisters, and Gord's mom and dad. Um, and then, like, honestly family i i could just start listing a hundred names of my women friends like Mm -hmm. who uh in most of my times of of darkness and turmoil and loss um i wasn't calling my sisters i wasn't calling my dad i was calling the women i'd met at rangers uh my best friends from high school, my, my best friends from university, all women like those. And they're the family that come and go, um, depending on where you are in your life, but you know it and everyone listening knows it, you will always have those people in your life, you may not talk to them for a year, five years, you call them up and it's like, not a day has passed since yep. you saw them. And I, I am, in, in, oh, I get overwhelmed with just how fortunate I feel by the, the amount of people I have in my life uh, that I can do that with, and I have so many great friends who just don't even bat an eye that I've haven't followed up and called them when I said I would, and have let way too much time pass. Mm-hmm. Just, just how understanding everyone is. Just mm-hmm. like yeah, life is busy. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Let's reconnect. Yeah. Like, and it takes two seconds, and we're off. Like, so my family for me it just like ties in so deeply to. The people i have met along the way through like the rangers the dare the university yeah just i love it because i value that too yeah
0: thank you so much you're very welcome yay thank you so much for listening to another episode of the safe haven podcast please make sure that you subscribe like share these episodes and comment as you follow along your generous support keeps the sharing and messages coming your way you can find the safe haven podcast on spotify Apple Podcasts, and on Podbean. And you can also follow along on Instagram at the Safe Haven Podcast for the latest updates. I'll talk to you next week.